Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Tuesday, the 17th of January, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, and the half podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Visit them online at ffbt.com. Coming up, Eric Pfeiffer and Elise Koning on the news, including tax scams targeting agriculture and a preview of the new Soil Health podcast. Market analyst John Zanker discusses near-term influences on the ag markets as we get back to trade today. And Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with a bit of a dry out before another mix of weather comes in. It's all straight ahead on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Avoiding tax scams and economic opportunities through soil health practices. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. When it comes to understanding tax law and rules... Very complex, can be very difficult to understand, can be easy to create confusion. That's Roger McCowan, an ag law professor from Washburn University in Kansas. As a result, consumers, farmers, anyone can fall victim to various traps and scams regarding taxes schemes that could lead to loss of money and various legal issues. One scam that McCowan says is currently targeting farmers focuses on new COVID legislation known as the Employee Retention Tax Credit. IRS is all over it. IRS keeps putting out warnings of these groups doing this. They'll take some of the money, they'll promise you you're going to get a certain amount of the credit, we'll take a percentage of that, and then they're gone. You can never find them after that. And there have been over a thousand of these scammers that are out there. They're catching all types of people, but particularly they seem to be focusing on agriculture. McCowan provides another example of a tax scam that hits pretty close to home. The court is telling the story of an Indiana farm couple that read an ad in a farm magazine. They decided it'd be a great idea to do what the ad said, and that is create a charitable remainder annuity trust. Now, McCowan acknowledges that a charitable remainder annuity trust is a great tax planning technique in the right situation and if it's done correctly. What happened was they created a trust in one year, created another trust in a second year, put their corn crop in one trust, put their soybean crop in another trust, which that's mistake number one. You do not put a harvested crop in a charitable remainder trust because that's all ordinary income and you can't get a charitable deduction for it because you don't have any income tax basis in that crop. Turns out the situation was even more complex than that. They named their son as the trustee, which is another potential problem. Then they didn't report. They claimed that the distributions from the trust were not taxable to them. Another mistake. They claimed that they had sold the crop to the trust and therefore that established the purchase price basis in the trust. That's a mistake. You transferred the crop to the trust. The trust then sold the grain tax-free because it's a charity. McCowan says the lesson learned here, producers should use a professional tax consultant specializing in agricultural law to help avoid any potential costly traps. 
Thinking outside the box can lead to economic opportunities. That's the focus of the latest Hat Soil Health podcast found now at HoosierAgToday.com. Elise Koning is here with a preview. Hans Schmitz is conservation agronomist for the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, and Michael Morrow is a farmer and the executive director of the Indiana Farmers Union. They dive into adopting climate-smart strategies on the farm, from carbon markets to cover crops. Schmitz explains, There are multiple different things that are considered climate smart, and they all go back to the four soil health principles. Minimize disturbance, maximize living roots, maximize soil armor, and then maximize diversity. He says that these strategies can reduce volatility and risk, pointing to last year's growing season. Early planting, being able to get canopy closure before we turn dry in June made a huge difference. Now, if we didn't plant early, but we had cover crop, maybe the ability to plant green, something like that, you achieved the same effect of reducing direct sunlight hitting the soil surface and reducing how quickly that soil dried out. When it comes to economics and soil health, Morrow encourages farmers to think outside the box. you got to look at what the industry is doing to your bottom line and saying, how can I do something different on my farm to make sure that the industry is not impacting my bottom line as much as they can? And, you know, when we talk about cover, we talk about different things. But really what we're doing is we're improving the soil health so you don't have to do as much of spraying, as much of the different things. You can hear the Hat Soil Health podcast at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Elise Koning. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer on Hoosier Ag Today, rated once again as Indiana's most listened to farm radio network. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we take a look at the setup here across the Hoosier State, I'm looking at a mostly dry Tuesday. Now, when I say mostly dry, let's be honest, clouds are going to be pretty thick here, especially through the morning and midday hours. We just finally saw precipitation end and try and kick off to the east over the course of the past couple of hours. So I think we're looking at clouds and maybe some breaks by late in the day, but honestly, not a lot of new precipitation. Wednesday, also mostly precipitation-free. Clouds will be increasing, especially midday and afternoon. And our next round of moisture comes through overnight tomorrow night through a Thursday, anywhere from a quarter to one and a quarter inches with coverage at 100% of the Hoosier State. By Thursday afternoon, I think we're starting to see precipitation end A nice little dry slot working in, but clouds hold firm through the overnight Thursday night and into Friday. Much colder air to finish the week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're moving to below normal temperatures. Plenty of clouds, maybe a little bit of lake effect flurry action in far northern Indiana, nowhere else. But the cold air encompasses the entire state. Next week starts off the same way. Chilly on Monday. I won't rule out a little bit of light snow. Central and southern Indiana, clouds everywhere for Monday. And then we're back to chilly weather for Tuesday, Wednesday. On Wednesday, we see precipitation, low pressure trying to track from southern Illinois into southern Indiana. With that track, I think we have to leave the door open to some scattered snow showers with accumulation Tuesday night, Wednesday, and then we stay chilly through the balance of the extended 11 to 16 day forecast window. The cold air that's diving in over the weekend into the first part of next week goes all the way down to the Gulf Coast areas. So it is a reset of the pattern shifting ourselves back into winter-like conditions rather than early spring. But we still don't see a brutal cold surge like we saw in December just ahead of Christmas. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. 
This is Hoosier Ag Today's Monday Farm Market Review. No markets, though, on Monday closed for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. But we will have thoughts on the state of the markets here in the near term. I'm Andy Eubank on the Market Review, brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance is in their genetics. I did catch up with John Zanker at Risk Management Commodities on Monday at their winter meeting in Lafayette talked about some short-term market influences. John, USDA January report is past us. Some bullish news coming from USDA last week. So we take that now and we move forward. What else really is bullish in the market? And I think you can look at certainly weather in Argentina. That drought is serious. Yes, it is serious. It's probably the worst one of the last four decades right now. So uh, and not a lot of relief in sight. So uh, it's affecting a little bit of southern Brazil, but for the most part, Brazil's bean crop looks to be uh, on target for a huge, huge surge in uh, production over last year, which is going to offset uh, most, if not all, of the Argentine loss and then some. Uh, corn a little bit different. Um, it's going to be hard to make up that Argentine loss. And right now, USDA said on uh, last week that we're going to lose about 4 million tons, but I think ultimately that's going to be closer to 7, 8, 9, maybe even 10 million tons. So that's not going to be easily replaced. We don't have uh, Brazil in a position to replace that. So uh, I think that's a huge situation uh, developing there. Uh, the USDA threw a surprise at us on uh, last week and on the 12th and cut production by 200 million bushels in corn, Andy, and that's no small matter. And um, it didn't come from yield. The yield actually went up a bushel. So uh, this report historically has been famous for some surprises, maybe more negative surprises than positives over the years. But uh, 200 million bushels, that helped offset a 150 million bushel reduction in export demand so we came out with a net reduction in carryout and again that was something that we weren't expecting and uh, gives us uh, some support as we head into the winter months and on the flip side of that on the bearish side the demand picture really doesn't currently look all that rosy no it doesn't exports have been extremely disappointing we've been talking about this for weeks andy and i don't see it changing anytime soon although historically uh, this is a time where we start seeing our exports rebound unlike soybeans uh, uh, corn uh, exports tend to increase as the year goes forward the marketing year goes forward uh, whereas soybeans peak in uh, late fall so uh, hopefully uh, that trend will continue this year, and it should, but we are so far behind now. And again, the USDA recognized that and lowered, uh, lowered export demand by 150 million bushels, and I, I would have to agree with that move at this point. So just some quick marketing strategies, at least some things to think about that maybe are a little bit different than typical for a farmer. Well, we still have some demand issues moving forward uh, and uh, you know we're probably going to plant more bean acres even again this year i see a significant downside risk in soybean price due mainly to this huge south american crop uh, huge brazilian crop i should say uh, currently uh, growing so um, you know we could see new crop soybeans probably down two to three dollars i would say uh, by this time next year if uh, we grow a good crop here and we're certainly uh, we're 
we're past due to have one of those uh, spectacular yield uh, years. So, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with $14 new crop soybeans. That's a good price. Um, this is a substantially higher level than we've ever been at this point in history for new crop beans. So um, we need to be careful about letting that get away. And we might have a little bit of a bounce here, uh, still in the cards here in the next week or two. And uh, old crop beans, you know, pushing four, or $15 in a lot of areas, that's a good price. You know, we just, we can't argue with that. And uh, we're rolling the dice. Um, if, if we uh, take it much further than this, uh, we could we could uh, we could lose a buck or two uh, even later this winter or spring if that uh, Brazilian crop uh, goes over the 152 million ton mark. Here at the Risk Management Commodities Winter Meeting, I enjoyed your historical perspective on being past due for a really really good bump in yield this year. Now that or it doesn't mean we're going to get it, but what is the history behind that and and how we're due for that bump? Well, I look at it as, you know, one of those nearly ideal growing seasons, and we don't get those very often. Uh, now, locally, we've had some, and, uh, you know, we've had some record yields in pretty much every state here in the last five years, but we can't get them all done in the same year. So the last time we did that uh, with fervor was in 2004, and we increased the uh, record. Uh, we went up 12.8% over the previous record, which was the previous year. And uh, what sets apart a, uh, a year like 2004 was we had excellent growing conditions from April 1st to September 1st. And uh, in Lafayette, we only had two days the entire year uh, where we went over 90 degrees. And I think the highest one of those was 92. Since then, we've had a whole lot of 90-something uh, degree days all across the Corn Belt. And, uh, and a lot of hundreds in, in parts of the Western Corn Belt. So if we get back to uh, uh, one of those spectacular years, we're not going to be well prepared for it from a pricing standpoint. Because we could get hit hard. Well, yes. Um, if South America, if Brazil has a good second corn crop, we come in with a yield in the uh, mid to upper 180s. Um, we're we're, we're going to be struggling, I think, in the fall to keep corn above $4. So if there's only a 20% chance of that happening, uh, that's a big enough chance uh, for me to be concerned about it given the fact that we still have some pretty high input costs, Andy, and uh, getting stuck with those high input costs with corn in the fall with a four in front of it is something that we're certainly concerned about at risk management. John Zanker at Risk Management Commodities, and his number is 866-837-9027. On Who's Your Ag Today, again on Martin Luther King Day, no markets to report on. You can follow the markets when they open back up on Tuesday at whosyouragtoday.com. I'm Andy Eubank. This is Who's Your Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.